I cannot think of a better time in the history of the universe to be a resident in the greater Kansas City area. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. Myself, Jenny Matthews, producer Tater. We're grateful that you chose to listen to us today. And seriously, has there ever been a more exciting time to live in Kansas City? Yeah, last year this time. Yeah, right? (laughs) And it was even more exciting because there wasn't stupid COVID. I know, but for the second time in a row, our hometown Kansas City Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl. Yes! Congratulations to the boys. Appreciate that. Um... What I'm excited most about is one of the big storylines, I think, for this year's Super Bowl is um, how, for the first time ever, a team will have home field advantage. We're playing Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay Stadium, led by the most hated man in the history of the world, Tom Brady. More people hate Tom Brady than hate um, Benedict Arnold. But let me tell you, I think for me, I used to say, oh, I can't stand Tom Brady. And my husband thinks he's the GOAT, like everybody else, you know, and and it's no disrespect to the Chiefs whatsoever. It's just that, you know, Tom Brady's a thing. And I think my loathing was more at the Patriots, if I'm being real with you. uh, Because I'm not as mad at Tom. I do think he's the GOAT. I do. Uh, Because Tampa Brady... Is, is is much more likable than New England Brady. There's just something about the Patriots. Look how judgy I am. You are. And, and me, the like least sports person in the room. But I, it was something about just the Patriots every year. It was getting stupid. Like always in the Super Bowl. Wasn't even a thing. But see, now that it's our team that could potentially be going this route, I'm all about it. Uh-huh. I, I've warned Kansas Cityans on the radio, like you, you don't know what's about to happen, right. but be prepared. Be prepared because pretty soon, you know, especially if, if they win this one and then they're hot again next year, which there's no reason they shouldn't be, all of a sudden, these nat- even these these people who who liked who like Patrick Mahomes and who like the Chiefs are going to be like, okay, this is going to get old and I would like to see somebody else. And all of a sudden, you're going to start seeing a lot of haters coming from other part of the countries and, and you're going to be like, well, how can you hate Patrick Mahomes? When honestly, if we're looking at it from an honest, neutral standpoint, <laughs> there's no good reason to hate Tom Brady. There's the guy's a, a very hard worker who's very accomplished at what he does for a living. This is where I think it's not going to happen. Andy Reid is a nicer guy and a better all-around interviewer than Bill Belichick. But and I still think people are going to hate on it. Everybody just, hates on things that are good. Yeah, and I get it. You hate them because you're not them. That's not your team winning. But I think Andy Reid is a likable guy, and he's been doing it for such a long time. He was with the Eagles pre- pre- previously. He had a good career there. He's got a great career here. Patrick Mahomes is not that I guess you could say cocky guy like Tom is. Not Tom's really not cocky. You think he is because he's screaming on the field. He's just a passionate guy. The guy actually is really he's actually funny. And from what I hear, nice. But I never I thought he was. Gonna... I never thought he was cocky. I, I and I do. He's probably a good husband. He seems like a good dad. It really wasn't yeah. that for me. It was more. I've decided it really wasn't Tom. It was just that that stupid team was always in the Super Bowl. And again, I think people are going to feel that way about the Chiefs uh, if abs- we continue. Uh, they absolutely will because yeah. ever. First of all, America loves the underdog. Yes, that's why the Chiefs were so lovable. For, now, okay, they're still loved here in Kansas City, but on a national level, they're not. They're not a lovable underdog anymore. They have now become the powerhouse, and America will all. Always root for the underdog. And again, I'm selfishly, yeah, I want the Chiefs to win it every year. But I understand why people are eventually going to not like the Chiefs. It's like, what would you rather watch on TV? Like your favorite TV show of all time. Would you rather see the brand new episode that continues the storyline or a rerun? 
that when, when the same team gets in there all the time, America will tend to just hate them the same way I did with the Patriots because I don't want to see the Patriots. And quite frankly, I don't want to see Brady in the good guy, but I don't want to see him in this. It's, it's a rerun. I'd rather see something exciting and new. And it doesn't matter that the Chiefs are more likable, both in the head coach and in the quarterback. It's When it's the same thing, people will start to loathe that. I try to get into people's minds. And I wonder, you know, because it was a big change, a big... I want to call it a risk for Tom Brady to leave his comfort zone and the team that he, you know, he just he knew the ins and outs and they made it to the Super Bowl every year. And then to take that bold step of going to a different team and to wonder, like, you know, I've got this awesome reputation and I've got, the, you know, these accolades and whatever. And it's like to go to this new team and think, can I do this here? Can I make this happen? And then to get all the way to the Super Bowl, whether they win or not, the fact that he got this far with a brand new team, I wonder what he's thinking in his head. You know, what do you think he's thinking? I knew I could do it. Or is he like, damn, I'm good. I think he's thinking I won the breakup. Yes, that's exactly. Yes. I think he wins the breakup. I think everybody knows that he won the breakup. And, you know, a lot of people say they say Tom's the greatest QB of all time. They also said that Bill, Bill Belichick's the greatest head coach of all time. Look at you with the sports talk, by the way. I know. Who even are we? I, I wonder if Tom's success in Tampa tarnishes Bill's repu- Bill Belichick's reputation as the greatest coach of all time, would Bill have won all these titles yeah. without Tom as his yeah. quarterback? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were saying there's Tom Brady a system quarterback, and that means anybody can be placed into him. And and to be honest, I don't know. This is No, okay, he, well, Matt now, Castle proved that. I was but. just about to say that. So back in 2007, the Patriots went undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl just to lose, which is interesting enough. But then the next year, coincidentally, a Chiefs player hit Brady in the knee and tore his knee up and was out for the rest of the season. He didn't even have 100 yards passing. And then after that, they continued their success. And I don't think it is. A, it, and then Matt Castle came in, went 11-5, they missed the playoffs, and then Matt Castle comes to the Chiefs for a huge amount of money and really doesn't oh. perform well. Oh. And, See, and it, okay, hold on. You're gonna, you're going to have to give me like the really for dummies version because I yeah. don't I remember that name, but I really don't remember. He came in as a quarterback for us? He so he Tom Brady got hurt one year. So this guy Matt Castle comes in and plays quarterback for the Patriots that year. Oh, the they Patriots. do all right. Okay, they right. make they make it to the playoffs. They don't want it all. They do all right. So then the Chiefs signed that guy to a pretty big deal to come here and play quarterback for us where he did not have the coaching that they had in New England and it so how long was he here? Just a season? No, it was a, it was a few. They gave it a shot, but it wasn't like, hey, this is our future. We're moving on. Yeah. And they haven't had any success, really. Alex Smith did his thing. I'm not going to knock him. He did his thing, but he is not going to be able to take you to the promised land like well, a guy Mahomes it, will. Nobody's so, like Mahomes. I mean, that yeah. he's something special for us. He's awesome. So I saw something on Twitter earlier. The last time the Mahomes has lost a game more than one score was in 2016, and that was when he was in college. So since he's been on the Chiefs as a starting quarterback, they have been dominant. It's awesome. And so it's the best. Super Bowl Sunday next Sunday, by the way. We have to wait. I hate when we have to wait this week, this extra week. I understand why it's done. I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, I'm interested to watch the Super Bowl because I enjoy everything about the Super Bowl. There are people who watch the Super Bowl for the football. There are people who watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials. There are people who watch just for the halftime show. I cannot... I try so hard to drill it into the diehard football fan's head. Why don't they have Metallica as the halftime concert? Why don't they have a a, a real band or somebody that plays real music? 
the halftime show is not meant for the football person. The NFL is brilliant in their marketing in that they take an artist that nobody who is an avid football fan cares about, and they they appease the non-football fan. But I will say that I've always wondered why they don't do more of a thing where they have somebody from each genre. Maybe they've got a country artist, they've got a, a rapper, they've got a pop artist, you know, whatever. And they do a show that, and sometimes they do, um, you know, incorporate a variety of artists that don't make sense together that you're like, ah, Aerosmith with Britney Spears, I think it was a few yes. years back. You know what I mean? I love a good collaboration, but I've always wondered why they don't just split it up and do, and I don't even know who it will be. Let's say Eric Church, you know, he's the first, he's the country artist. He opens up the halftime show and then it goes dark. And then the next person that pops up is a pop artist or whatever. You get what I'm saying? I like that idea. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. They're kind of doing that with the anthem this year because Eric Church is doing it with, he's singing it with some R&B singer who I've never, I've never heard I of. I'm not, I can't I'm not, remember the name, but I'm yeah. Not, I'm not educated on that artist, so I'm not going to pretend I am. Yeah. Um, It'll probably I, be I wonder if that maybe comes down to a money thing. I'm sure these artists are paid well for these performances, and you want to pay one artist, or do you <gasps> want to pay three? They don't get paid. I just remembered that. The artists do not get paid for performing at the Super Bowl. I read that a long time ago. I yeah. guess they're paid in exposure, I guess, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all the exposure. And I wonder, yeah. because of the egos, if you know Lady Gaga's like, I want it to be, it's my time to shine. Right. You know, I'm not sharing that spotlight. That's what I was thinking, is the billing. Like, who goes first and who goes last? That, like, yep. Oh, you know what they could do is maybe all three of them, at or four, all at the end, kind of perform together. Maybe a, uh, an all-time classic song, so then everybody feels like they got their shot to shine, and then they were in, ending it all on the same note, because... I think egos would play a big part, especially with bigger name artists. You know, mm-hmm. you got to think these people are, you know, you got respect for me. Come on, oh, you got to put me on the bill. Like, I respect better. it, but I'm always yeah. like, oh my gosh, get over yourselves. Like if you're oh. on that stage at all, whatever, that's me talking because I'm not a huge entire, celebrity. The entire country is watching you. Yeah. Everybody. What's well, going to be the weekend this year? And I, I like his music. He's pop artist if you're not familiar. I mean, he's good, but I just don't. I can't see that as the halftime show. But I, see, I, I like names like that where I, because I agree with you. I'm like, really, that's who you went with? Not in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Just I'm genuinely intrigued by that selection. That being said, those artists usually surprise me the most. I end up enjoying those show the, shows the most because I don't, I don't really have this high expectation. I'm just genuinely curious to see how they do. And when they knock it out of the park, I'm like, hey. I enjoyed that. Yeah, because then there have been some artists that I was really hyped for, and then they kind of let me down a little bit. Yeah. Look, I like a costume change. I like an outfit change. I like pyrotechnics. I mean, sure. I like the full like the full show, so I don't know what he's going to do. He does use a lot of fire, I think, in his shows, though, so we can expect Who? some of that the weekend. Oh, okay. I do think that. I, You know what I enjoyed about a halftime show? The uh, the exposed breast. That was fun, too. Yes, Good Nipplegate. Time. Yep. yep. That was a lot of fun. They definitely... Doing that ruined it for the next few years after because it went really safe after that. I know. Like, older bands, like, come on, man. And, and it, it was a letdown. And, you know, it's... You want to know something? I feel like now that we're talking about that, that might have been the starting point for America that gets offended. That yeah. might have been the catalyst because I do feel like after that, everybody started getting offended about everything. And I remember watching that Super Bowl and she had like a sticky, you know, a glittery... Sticky over it. It's not like her actual bare boob was just on TV. The areola is the, the word. The areola. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I mean, but then I thought even if it was, and it was a wardrobe malfunction, as I think she called it later. It's a boob. It's a nipple. It's a nipple. We even babies have, have seen it. They've eaten off of it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it. They tried covering that up, and who believes that? Come on, he deliberately did it. We all know. Well, I think 
think too. I, I don't know that. Oh I, my gosh, yes, you do. She who wears sparkly on. crap on their nipples when they're not going to expose the nipple? Yeah. All right, well, all right, I'll show you. <laughs> I don't see it. No. Oh, this is only an audio podcast. Um. <laughs> so, you know what? I, I will say I'm kind of sad because I enjoy a good Budweiser commercial. And Anheuser-Busch is still doing advertising, but you've heard the story by now, I would assume, that Budweiser is not running a traditional Super Bowl spot this year. Instead, they're taking the money they would have spent, and they're pushing it towards coronavirus vaccination awareness. Classy move. I'm not going to say it's not, but... Man, I love a good Budweiser commercial. I know. I'm with you on that. First time in 37 years that Budweiser will not have a Super Bowl commercial. Um, and again, I get what they're doing, and that's great. But come on. <laughs> yeah. I want to see it's, a it's, it's interesting because, you know, so so we in radio, part of our job is marketing and understanding what our audience wants. And I, I see the struggle that marketing people are coming up with right now because they said... They, usually they record these Super Bowl commercials months in advance, but they only have a couple weeks to prepare them because they wanted to set the right tone. And they said a lot of factors came into it, obviously COVID, but also the presidential election. You know, you can't record it months ahead of time without knowing who won and maybe what the, the mood of the nation is. And they're like, they didn't want to come off maybe too lighthearted if the nation was still mad about everything. I don't think I agree with that, though. See, and that I, I do understand, though, you know, you knowing... What is the country in the mood for right now? But I think the country's always in the mood for something to lift you up or make you feel positive or happy or something like that. Um, and I, I think that one of the the clips that I heard from a news channel said something like a lot of the the advertisers have are just not advertising because they don't want to offend anyone. And that's where we're getting into that culture of oh like, boy. I'm scared that's not just going to be this year, that that's going to be every year. I mean, if that's the case, say goodbye to stand up comedians. I mean, say goodbye to anything that's even remotely creative or funny. And I'm not saying you have to be nasty or hurtful in what your message you're portraying, obviously. But co- like, come on. I'm so tired of everyone being offended by everything. I, I do think we will reach a point where eventually someone's going to say, that offended me. And the company's going to be like, I don't care. I want that to happen. And then when they say, I don't care, they'll get some backlash, but then they'll see those sales go up because enough people are like, I love that that company told that person to go to go piss up a rope, Tater. Yeah, go piss up a yeah. rope. Yeah. And any press is, is good press because it gets your name out there. But yeah, I'm just tired. Of, because here's the bottom line. If I'm genuinely offended by something that a company or a commercial is portraying, okay, then I personally am maybe just going to choose to not support that company or buy that product. Jenny, have you ever been offended? Have you ever seen something and go, yeah, I just don't like that? You guys know me. I mean, it, honestly, it takes a lot to offend me. I'm, I think I can, I can roll with jokes and yeah. male humor. I mean, I'm in a room with two dudes every day. Like, I mean, I can go with it. Gosh, has anything genuinely offended me? I got to think a minute. Can you can you guys think of anything? Um, I okay. So there is a uh, a particular. I'm not going to get into the details of it here. There is a particular celebrity who stated a political opinion not too long ago that I disagreed with, and I have purchased some of that celebrity's merchandise before they have their own clothing line. Yes. And I, uh, I, I did I did slow down on that a little bit because it wasn't that they supported that person. It was that you could it was it was very one sided and very unfair to the other person. And I'm with you. So if you want to say, OK, in that way, absolutely, because not I know exactly who you're talking about. Right. And I did the very same thing. I stopped kind of buying that person's stuff. But um, in that way, yes, but not I don't know that I've ever been watching something and thought I feel attacked. I feel offended to the point where I would cause a stir about it. Right. And I think you know? women, I mean, women 
and minorities of certain races are people that are going to say, yes, I have been offended by something. Like uh, Native Americans saying, the you know, the Redskins are kind of, it's a slang term. We don't like it. So then they, they literally changed the name. It did take a very long time for that to happen. But I think women get offended because they have been objectified a lot more than anybody else throughout but, history. But let me so, just yeah. say this from a woman's perspective. Any job I get, any opportunity I get, anything, I want it to be because I am the best person for that job. I do not want it for one minute to be because I'm a woman. And that may be an unpopular opinion. I know women don't, not everybody feels that way, but I do. I don't care if a guy gets something over me, then he obviously was the better person for the job, if that's how it goes. I want equality in that way. I want it to be like, okay, now just don't pay attention to gender here. Who's yeah. the best person for the job? Yeah, I've said that before too. Genitalia is not a qualification, right? And the, and, and if and if you don't like that, top, I, I don't. I, I'll be the first. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a risk. This is a risque story. I'm not even sure I should share this on the podcast. I guess Ooh. we can always delete. Um, I can't give you specific names or anything like that. Okay. But recently, I was in the running for to um, to voice something for a company uh, for a big a big function that they have going on. So I was going to be like the 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 voice of it. Sure. And I was told from a very reliable source, I did not get that job. Someone else got that job because of her race. And because it needed to be a woman, because we got to have a woman. And that part bothered me. But I like to think that I'm good enough at what I do, that it would have been because of that I was good enough at what I did. Best ever. But right. that race had something to do with it. And look, I don't I, I don't feel like I'm a racist person. I don't. I love everybody. And I and I but that really that made me mad because I would want I would want to think that the person of another race who got that job wants to make sure she got that job because of her talent and how good she is. Because she was the best person person for it yes so yeah i don't know how we got on that topic but let's get back get, rewind <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna lighten this subject up because i wasn't done talking about the super bowl yet yes <laughs> yes no. but i like i haven't decided if i want to have a friend or two over yet i haven't decided but mrs keller asked me and that's a good question and i want to get everyone's opinion on this i don't know what i'm going to eat for the super bowl this year i know food let's talk about food i gotta have the rotel you gotta have Rotel at a Super Bowl. A chili cheese dip or something like oh, that. Oh, it's just that pot. Velveeta and that Rotel, and you mix it up, put it in the crock yeah. pot. Oh, I could. I mean, I could literally eat it all you day. You know what? See, that's fine. But I get so there's a uh, how do I? It's it, it's like a chicken dip. It's a very thick dip. The buffalo chicken dip. Yeah, but it's not. Bu- I mean, oh. buffalo's chicken dip is great. This that. is just eight. My my uncle makes this chicken dip, and it's not buffalo, but it's yes, it's, it's the chicken. And we take the Fritos scoops, yes, and we dip that some gun right into the crock pot, <laughs> oh, it's so good. and you scoop up the hunk of chicken with the the creamy sauce, and it's all cradled neatly into the into the Fritos scoop, which are extra thick so they can mm. handle it. Yes, and you just crunch that son of a gun down. Oh my gosh, God, I'm hungry right now. Can you get Starving. that recipe from him. I need to. I need to ask him because, and, I, and of course, by that I mean then I need to pass it on to my wife because she's the, and she would be happy to do that. Like she's all about making stuff for the Super Bowl. Mm. I really, you know what? This is. I'm a basic Betty here, and that's fine. Man, I want some wings this year. Like I want like 50 chicken wings in front of me that I just eat throughout the whole. You talking game. dirty? I mean, give me those wings. Give me that dip. Mm, my Mick Ultra. I am happy, Ooh, happy, dirty. happy. Oh, girl. <laughs> you know the thing is, and I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, should we take the day off after the Super Bowl? But we can't because we got to get on the air and we got to talk about you know the game and if we won, if we oh, lost, yeah. or whatever. But there's a part of me that's like, because you know, you, I'm always looking at the clock and I'm like, well, I gotta go to bed. I gotta get up at four. Hey, look, between daylight saving time and making the day. 
after the Super Bowl, a national holiday. All right, uh, there's there's a new administration in Washington, and he. <laughs> And you know he's signing all these executive orders. If we could just get rid of daylight saving time and make the day after the Super Bowl a holiday, you want to you want to unite all Americans. This is how you do it. You know what? That <laughs> is so true. And if uh, you know, really, if a politician was smart, they would totally mention that as they're running for office. Trump said he was all about uh, getting rid of daylight saving time, but then never took action on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like come on, man! Like, what are you doing? Like, no, because I think that would have been something like. Even the big, like, the, and I certainly understand why people don't like him. They'd be like, I, God, he's the worst to get rid of daylight savings. I'll give, <laughs> okay. I'll give him that. <laughs> right. He's still a jerk. But I like that he got rid of daylight savings. I don't know. That's just me being silly there. But. Well, back, real quick, back to the fact that Budweiser's not doing any advertising. How about Sam Adams jumping on that, taking advantage of their absence by stealing their world famous Clydesdale horses to hype up their wicked hazy IPA? So in the commercial, somebody unhitches the Clydesdales from their wagon. They commence to wreak havoc on the streets. The culprit turns out to be Sam Adams' new pitch man, your cousin from Boston. That's, that's the they premise say, of their act. Oh, ad. I hate that. They say wicked a lot up there. In, oh, yeah, uh, wicked. Boston. So uh, I can see. I don't. For me, Sam Adams fell off. I, I don't see anybody drinking Sam Adams at the bar. I don't see it at the store and go, oh, I'm going to buy some. They did have this one IPA. Uh, that I really liked. I can't even remember the name now. I just wish I saw it in a store not too long ago. But I'm like, so oh. you're you're criticizing Sam for that, but at the same time, maybe they see that too, mm-hmm. and this is their. You know what? We need to we need to make some noise. So if 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 that's your argument, then wouldn't you then have to give Sam credit for ruffling some feathers next Sunday? We're talking about it. It hasn't even aired yet. Right. I mean, I mean that's kind of messed up that they're going to go and steal some iconic thing that Budweiser has been doing for what 37 years. But Budweiser had a choice. They could have advertised and they chose to do something else I, with their money. I mean, you, you know, it's opportunity. I mean, People how do you jump feel about it. that? How do you feel about a company stealing your idea? Oh, I'd be pissed if I worked for Bush, right? for Anheuser Bush. But I, but I, I mean, I see why they're jumping on it. Yeah. Wow. I get you guys it. ever been to the uh, Warm Springs Ranch up there in Boonville, about 100 miles outside of here? No. It's where they uh, birth and raise the Budweiser Clydesdales. Get out of here. You not know that? Uh-uh. So Can my you wi- just go? My so, kids would love this. My wife is a uh, an, an equestrian. She's big on horses. So she has been... It's one of those things that... You know how it is. We always say, oh, we should go do that sometime. But you never do it. I would absolutely love to, in the summertime, head up to... Yeah, just go to Boonville, about 100 miles east on I-70 at Kansas City. I believe it's the home of Sarah Evans, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. She, she is from, from that Boonville. neck of the woods. Yes, yep. Um, uh, yeah, the, it's called Warm Springs Ranch, and uh, I f- great Twitter follow by the way, because every time there's a brand new baby Clydesdale born, they'll uh, they'll post video of it like trying to walk for the first time. Aww, but it's the baby. Th- the way and the specificity they get to when it comes to breeding those Clydesdales, because they even have like Anheuser Busch has certain markings they like, like they like a certain shape of white fur on the nose of the horse and then like I think brown pretty much the rest of the way back and like to get that they have to really pick the specific horse that they want to mate with the females to get the perfect looking Clydesdales out for the next generation of Clydes it is wild that how strict and how specific they are when it comes to breeding those things yeah that's cool though that's wicked it's wicked awesome. cool yes yeah, Sam Adams you can put a Clydesdale in your ad but a Clydesdale is a Budweiser a horse I got I'm now, sorry talking about the Super Bowl and you know Watching the game last weekend and looking at the crowd, there were an awful lot of people in the stands. And it looked to me like more than maybe should have been there in the day of COVID. Mm -hmm. But I thought, we're doing it. People are there. Masked up. You know, it wasn't that. And I know it's an outdoor place situation. 
But I thought, okay, if we can do that, if we're doing this, we're not letting COVID really wreck football. Can't we get back to some concerts and some live music? Can't we make it safe in some way? Does it have to be shut off completely? I think some of it is money. I think because, yes, you could have a concert at, let's just go, let's go big, a concert at Arrowhead. But you'd only be allowed a third of the capacity. So they, the, the, the artist and the record label would then lose two-thirds of revenue of ticket sales. Sure. And, and we've had this discussion already behind the scenes. But I think the way to counter that is understand that right now, we don't need huge pyrotechnic-y, overly produced concerts. I love a huge produced concert. Taylor Swift at Arrowhead was a banger oh, of a amazing. show. Yeah. But... Right now, I don't care if you put 20,000 people to watch a concert in Arrowhead and you just strip the show down. Like, I still want, I don't want an acoustic show. Mm-hmm. I just don't need all the zings and zaps and the big backdrop on the stage and things like that. Just, just, just bring me the bare necessities to, yeah. so I can hear the music the way it's meant to be heard. Bring the band. Let's bring go. Bring the instruments. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't need a big old production either. I, I love that, but love yeah, a big production. don't need it. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's got to be a way, or especially when summertime rolls around, you know, we have an outdoor amphitheater. We're supposed to have Morgan Wallen um, mm-hmm. this fall or early fall, late summer. I don't know why they don't just take our sports complex in Kansas City and just have one Big ass parking lot party, but an outdoor show. I just don't know why it can't happen. And and I did, probably there are money things to work with there, but I feel like there's a way to make it work. I do. I feel like that we can make it work. Or do a couple shows. Mm-hmm. You know, do two or three shows in a row where you allow twenty thousand, mm-hmm. maybe at Arrowhead twenty thousand, twenty thousand. Then it's it's money worth spent because you're there for a while and you get your money. Yeah. You get your people that want to see the show. And hopefully there's not a bunch of repeat people that come, so then other people can enjoy the show. And I think that'd be kind of cool. And maybe these places, you know, the artists are taking a cut, but a cut is better than zero. Nothing. Yes, always. You know, when That's we talk about artists like Kenny Chesney or, you know, your big names, they could never do anything again and they'll be totally fine. Plenty right. of money in the bank. But I do worry about some of these artists that are not even just the up-and-comers, just the ones that are kind of middle of the road. You know, they've already had some success, but hey, they our, nothing. Our guy Russell right now is a great yeah. example of that. Like, he's he's on his way to becoming a quadrillionaire because he's so dang good live, but he's not there yet. We talked to him on the air, and he even said we were talking about Christmas, that, you know, he they cut way back because no money rolling in this year. So, I mean, yep. it does. It affects everybody in different ways, but... We've got to get back to some live music in some way. We have to. I, don't you feel like something's missing? Maybe it's because we're such music geeks. I, I just feel like a poor, a piece of my life is missing. I'm telling you, and here's what it's going to come down to, is we're going to have to get the, uh, the Ticketmaster, is, I guarantee you they're going to do the thing where you have to have the vaccine to go to a show. And if that's the case, jack me up with some vaccine then. Fine. I don't care. I really don't. My dad got the vaccine today. Yeah? I'm happy that he did because, you know, he's a guy that if he got sick, I think it could take him out. He mm-hmm. just he's just not the not that he's not the healthiest guy. He just if if he gets something, he gets it bad. When's the last time you saw your dad? Oh my gosh, it's been over a year. And my mom too. I haven't seen my sister in almost 2 years. It's crazy. That's insane. I was uh, I was lucky enough to uh this last weekend. It was a week ago today actually that uh, my mom celebrated her 60th and this last weekend we went out there and we celebrated uh, we socially distanced a little event, a little small g- gathering of, of close family members. And uh, my, my, my cousin set this up. She Facebook messaged me. said, hey, we're doing this for your mom. Da, 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 da. It's on a Sunday. Okay. So we didn't tell mom that I was coming out. Mm-hmm. And then so she shows up and at this place we have her go to. And everyone yells, surprise. And I'm actually hiding behind one of my larger relatives. And then so she says hi to a couple people. Then I just kind of walk up. I tap her on the shoulder. I said, 
oh hey mom happy birthday and she's like <laughs> what are you doing here it was this big freak out moment so good it was it was so awesome i'm lucky unlike you because my my mom does my mom lives in another town, but it's 200 miles away. Not what for you, it's what over a thousand oh, miles I mean, away. I couldn't drive it, it would take yeah. forever. But, um, yeah, my whole family's in Maryland, and I have thought about flying out. Tickets are so cheap. We've talked about this a million times mm-hmm. on the podcast, but it's just like that. I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. And more than anything, I don't want to give something to my parents who are older, healthy, but older, and then I would feel awful. And then, God forbid, anything happened, it would just be devastating. So, my mom's supposed to come out this weekend. She has the ticket purchased every day this week. We've texted about it. How are we doing? Feeling good about it. But I mean, it could come to Friday morning where she's like, I'm just, I can't do it. And I get it. I'm not even mad. I mean, I'm mad about it because right. I just want to see my mom, but just, I get it. She'll, uh, yeah. And, and whatever decision you guys come to, I think you'll be, you'll be cool with it. Does But I, I'm telling you, man, air, if you haven't been on an airplane in COVID yet, I, I certainly understand why you would be hesitant to do so, but I'm telling you, as a guy who's flown twice during COVID, man, those planes are cleaner than they have ever been. Oh, Even you're absolutely right. I, I was on a packed flight, a packed flight from Houston back to Kansas City, and I gotta tell you, I, I felt zero fear. That plane was so clean. Everyone got a, uh, um, you know, that towelette that you get after you after you have chicken wings. Yes, they, the, the little moist they, towelette. Yeah, the moist towelette. But you know, this one's obviously a little more. This is for sanitary purposes. So you wipe down the tray table in front of you, even though they've already done that twice. And totally. so you're wiping it down. You're wiping down the handles. Everything's wiped down three times before you've even gotten on the plane. Those planes are so clean right now. If if you're comfortable doing so, now is the time to travel. I'm going PCB in a couple weeks. Have you heard that? Hangry is the new term that people are using for your anger at people that aren't taking the pandemic as seriously as you are, though. <laughs> oh my goodness! Pangry, Pan- pandemic, angry, pangry. Pangry. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> I mean, here's my thing. I think there's some things that we're doing that are that are good and that are right, but I think there's some things we're doing that are really pointless and stupid. I'm gonna rag on Target for a minute, and you know me. I don't have usually a bone to pick with my Target. Mm-hmm. But I, I usually do the self checkout. The other day, I had to go through the regular aisle, and so the cashier just sweet as can be but she's you know using her spray and she's cleaning the what would you call it the 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 conveyor belt yeah so she cleans it i put my stuff up and i'm thinking that she cleaned it because the guy in front of me must have had something that spilled or whatever no she cleans it in between every single customer Mm -hmm. now that's nice a little time consuming a little waste of product if you ask me because do i care if my box of fruit loops touches the conveyor belt that somebody else's box of Fruit Loops touched. Like, it, that doesn't really affect me. Here's what bothered me. Went through the trouble to do that, but did not sanitize the little keypad that you actually touch when you're paying. I thought, that's where you should be spending your time. What? But they didn't even, she didn't even clean that. She just cleaned the conveyor belt. Oh. That seemed dumb to me. It's it's counterproductive. And let's not even start, this isn't just Target, but all these stores that still have one side of the store as the entrance and one side of the can't. exit. Knock that crap off. That is so dumb to me. And somebody, please, shoot me an email. Mike at Q104KC.com. If somebody has the <laughs> scientific reasoning for why that's done, I, I would sincerely, I would love to be educated on it. Same, because right now I can't think of one reason. And, and I've searched the internet, and the internet doesn't have any good reasoning. I, I Look, I don't know any doctors. I'm not Jenny. I'm not friends with all these doctors in the north of them. <laughs> but I, I, I don't understand why that's still being done. I don't either. I don't even know how we got off on that there, but Who I cares. It just doesn't make any sense, you know. It's like let's crowd all the people into one entrance and one exit. Why? Okay, it's yeah. just enough to worry about. You know, people are losing their jobs and, and I, they got to worry about what entrance to go yeah. into. Walmart has opened up uh, both sides. So that's 
Interesting. Oh, yeah, I just hope that we are getting close to a point now that the vaccine is out and people are getting it, you know, that we're getting to the point where it can be. I, I like the idea of just being able to decide, you know, hey, I'm still not comfortable going out in public, so I'm going to stay home. Yep. You do you. You're gonna, and you're going to and you're going to see masks. And here's what I hope we don't do as a society, because there's going to come a day when we're in the all clear and all these mask mandates are lifted. Personally, yeah, as soon as I can, I will not be wearing a mask in public anymore. Just I'm tired of it. But I will certainly not dog on or judge anybody who chooses to continue to wear a mask. Because there are. There are going to be mask shamers out there. Yes. Like, you need to move on or quit being a woman. Don't. Don't be like that to people. On if a, somebody flip, wants to still wear a mask, don't, don't judge them well, for that. On the flip side, I actually think that I may... I, I think masks have been normalized now. Yeah. And... Um, I think that there are times, especially during like a very bad flu season or whatever, that I might actually wear a mask in public. I don't want to have to, but I might choose to. And I think what's cool about it is that it is become it's become normalized enough that if you see someone wearing it, I don't think you'll think anything of it. Be like, okay, they're just being extra safe. I wouldn't be surprised if masks turn into a new winter accessory. Yeah. You get one, maybe maybe. Down the road, you buy, you, you go coat shopping. Maybe you, they start selling a mask that matches the coat because I'm telling you what, in the wintertime, having the mask on your face, it's just kind of nice to keep your face it's warm. It's kind of nice. Like, and we've always had that option, but like, I feel like nobody ever did it because it's right. like, who, who wants to wear it? What are you going skiing or something? Like, but now it becomes so normal. I've seen people like, they'll have a nice pink coat on and then they'll have that, that pink mask that matches. It's actually quite classy looking. I think it's great if you want to do it, but I like the choice. If you want to do it, do it. Right. If you don't, I brought up a couple minutes ago, I said, you know, with the frustration of of the doors going in one way and out the other, the people got enough things to worry about. And one of the things that a lot of people, as we all know, have lost their jobs. The unemployment rate has gone up. Jenny found this on the Internet the other day, and it's it's worth bringing up. Elon Musk, the Tesla guy, brought up there. There is a question when he's interviewing somebody for a job. But this is just if, if you're looking for a job and you have a job interview, be aware of this. There's a question that he asks that said, he says when he asks it, he can instantly tell if you're a liar or not. The question is, tell me about some of the most difficult problems that you've worked on and how you solved them. Because the people who really solved the problem know exactly how they solved it. They know. They can describe the little details. I think that's genius. What a great question. Re- ask me the question again. So tell me about some of the most difficult problems you worked on and how you solved them. You know, because usually you go to an interview, they want to know, where'd you go to college? What'd you study? At the end of the day, he even says, I don't care what kind of education you have. Did you solve a problem? How'd that turn out? You know, give me those details. I love that. I thought that was a really good. Well, I'd really have to think about how I answered that. Like, I, I, I hope he would be okay if I said, you know what? You got to give me a second to think of something here. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to BS you. But, I, but that's a, I feel like that's a very hard question to instantly have an answer for. Could anybody in this room instantly answer that question? So is this like if I was, uh, oh, I got one. Okay, so if this is oh, me. Oh, well, of course, Jenny well, has well, no, one. Hold on. Right. Like me applying for another radio job, right? What are some of the most difficult problems you worked on and how you solved them? Well, to be honest with you, I worked for a station uh, that just suffered a computer virus and the whole system went to pot. Seriously, that happened to us. Mm-hmm. And how did we solve it? Well, we had to rework things. We had to find a way to do, and I won't go into the boring details of all the ways that we got around it, but you know what I mean? That was a real problem that we had that we as a company solved. And I could give some examples of that. That's legit. Mine ties into yours and radio as well. Uh, previously at a radio station, um, a girl walked out in the afternoon. Now, I was supposed to be her backup. Mm. I wouldn't say that I am not a good learner. She wasn't a good teacher. I'm, I'm not blaming it on her. That's just the situation. 
But you kind of did. You kinda, it's kind of exactly yeah. what you just okay. did. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's here nor there. Whatever. I don't want to say she sucks, but she sucks. Yeah, she, she wasn't a good teacher. She rolled out. I did not know how to do, like, the games that they were played to give away uh, the contest and all that. So somebody else had to step in, and they eventually got that position. And I was resorted back to where I was instead of maybe me taking that position. Uh, the program director, a.k.a. the boss, comes to me and says, Hey, do you know, uh, hey, Tater, you know what a backup quarterback does? And I said, Yeah, he plays when the quarterback can't play. He goes, Well, right now you're the backup quarterback. And I said, Okay. And he goes, Now, if the backup quarterback can't play, what do you think happens? I go, You find a new one. He goes, Exactly. That's all he had to say to me. Sure. So as soon as I heard that, I said, Okay, I'm going to learn everybody. I'm talking everybody's job. And it was multiple stations. I learned everybody. And the morning and afternoon after that, and I was the most utilized person after that because I learned a very a very valuable lesson. Like you need to be versatile, and be able to do things, and solve problems, and be accountable. That's the biggest one: is be accountable. I think Elon would hire you. Hopefully. You could answer that question. Be a lot of money then, I think. I don't. I don't <laughs> like the thought of being. If 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 an employer came to me, and this is just me personally, and said, "Hey, you're the most valuable backup quarterback I'd ever have," I'd be like, "Cool." I'm gonna go look for a gig where I'm the starter. Like I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. You, I, I don't like that they called you a backup. Well, okay, no, he said at this point you are the backup. Now I did eventually become a quote starter. It just was later down the road. Yeah, you gotta I start proved, somewhere. Right. I proved myself, so I mean I eventually did, and uh, yeah, it worked out. Don't call me a backup. I ain't no Chad Henny. Yeah. No, but think about it. Early on in your career, I don't know. You've always probably had an ego and been cocky. But I Since feel day like day one, baby. <laughs> but I feel like you know you're getting your start in the business. I mean, I remember that. Like, I wanted to be on the air so badly. I mean, I would do anything at the station that needed to be done. And I remember they called one time. It was like seven o'clock, and I was all dressed up and ready to go out. The early twenties, like get ready to go out. And you know how important that is at that time in your life. And they said, hey. The night guy just called in sick. Can you come in? Can you do a show? I was like, yep. So I was all gussied up and I went in and I covered his show. But it was such a, just a small example of like, when you're getting started, you'll take any opportunity. I would, you call me the backup quarterback? Absolutely. <laughs> do whatever you need me to do. Yeah, but just remember, <laughs> I ain't here to be a backup. I'm here to be a start. Well, like, I'll course. be back when I'm like, hey, hey. Of course. Yeah, you'll get there, but yeah. You should always know your worth. Uh, that's a very uh, valuable lesson to learn too. On both ends, though, I knew that I wasn't ready to have my own show. I wasn't. I had a lot of learning to do. You know, I think you have to know your worth on both ends. You know what else really helps? Knowing what the other guy is worth, what they're paid, so you can go to the boss and be like, well, I know this guy's trash and he's worth this much, so I'd like to be paid this much. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) Not on this podcast, anyway. Not today. Not today. On that note, we certainly appreciate you listening to the Morning After podcast. It's Mike Keller, Jenny Matthews, producer Tater. We're on Q104 in Kansas City every weekday morning from 6 till 10 a.m. And um, parting words of wisdom. Tater, give us some parting words of wisdom to end the podcast. Uh, I think it's my favorite Denzel Washington quote. if you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud because that comes with it. it. It's not the same exact words, but I think just whatever. If you pray for something, just imagine that it's not going to be always positive. That there may be some negative thrown your way as well. Adversity is something that you are going to have to deal with in one way or another. And I know this COVID twenty twenty years mm-hmm. really th- shown a lot of people either job wise or not being able to see their family members like some of you. And I know that adversity is going to be tossed your way, but how you approach it and how you conquer it is going to make you a better person. Absolutely. I mean, I just wanted one sentence. You kind of gave me a couple paragraphs there, there but all right. Well, saying. mine's kind of dumb. I said it on the show earlier this week. If you can, do. But if you can't... Don't. <laughs> <laughs>